Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode. It's episode nine of the Tag Team Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Tags, joined with my brother, Johnny Tags. And today is a very exciting episode. You guys all know what time of the year it is. It's my favorite time of the year. It's Johnny's favorite time of the year. We had an argument about this, but it's March Madness, baby. We're here. We're finally fucking here. It's uh, it's March, baby, and uh, it's Johnny Tag's birth month and March Madness, and you know what? Fuck the birth month. Let's get right to March Madness. We'd love to hear it. I'm into it, dude. I'm so ready, so. and you know, my team actually snuck in this year, baby, with the 11 seed, Syracuse getting the bubble bid, and uh, that was exciting. Uh, that's that. That's just one note I wanted to make before we actually got into the discussion of matchups first four, what we're looking at. Uh, I definitely don't think this is going to be the only time over the next month that we cover March Madness, but uh, I know we have been really busy in our schedules, uh, so we are trying to get these podcasts out to you guys, and we're going to get them out to you as quickly as we can. We just are really busy right now. Uh, I just wanted to make that note yeah. so why we're not getting them you know, two, three times a week. Maybe it's slowed down to once a week, but we're still getting this content out to you guys. We're still giving you the Tag Team Podcast. I just wanted to preface that before. This uh, we is the time of the year. Time of year where all the professors love to uh, pile on the projects and the papers all at one time because they're like, oh, fuck, the semester ends in four weeks. Let's give you this project to do. And it's not like I have five other classes to be working on, but you know, that's fine. It is what it is. You graduate in seven weeks. But, uh, How does that make- uh, Wait, hold on. You graduate in seven weeks. How does that make you feel? Sh- shut the fuck up. <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> Don't want to think about it. All I want to think about is this tournament. All right. So let's talk about this tournament. So there, this is sick because obviously Corona gave us all blue balls last year with the tournament, got canceled right before it was about to happen. And so now after a full two years between this tournament and the last one, we are ready to get back into the most exciting postseason experience in America in sports And I believe this tournament is going to be one of the most fascinating ones due to the fact that each team that's in played a different amount of games, went about their season differently. Some had breaks, some didn't. Some played 30 games, some played 24. And it was just an odd season for college basketball. And this tournament is really going to be interesting. A lot of good matchups. I see a lot of upsets coming. I don't know about you. I I definitely had a lot of upsets picked in my bracket predictions. Um, But looking at it, I have to agree with you in the fact that, dude, these matchups are, you know, we don't know what we're going to be seeing. We're seeing uh, competition that is, you know, so narrow between these teams. You know, these teams haven't been able to face a lot of out-of-conference opponents. And uh, due to that fact, I think we're going to see a lot of upsets. I primarily want to see a lot of 12-5s. I got a lot of 12-5s going. And I also got, uh, yep. I got one, I got one 14-3. Um, but we'll get into that a little bit later wow. with our predictions. Well, I, I, all I was going to say is that I think it's pretty obvious that the Big Ten is the most dominant conference in college basketball this year, followed up pretty closely by the ACC. Obviously, the ACC had a down year, Duke not being very good, Chapel Hill kind of falling back, but getting in as the eight seed, so that's fun to see. But there's a bunch of Big Ten tournament, uh, b- bunch of Big Ten teams in this tournament, and just scattered throughout the bracket. So it's going to be interesting to see what goes on within that conference. A lot of chance for success there. And yeah, who, first of all, who do you think is going to be the highest seed getting upset early? 
let's say in the first round. You said you had a 14-3. Let's go into that really quickly. You want to you go you into my 14-3 matchup. I have a feeling the Longhorn yeah. are going to be shocked. I have a feeling Texas is going down wow. to Albaline Christian. And, uh, you know, I look at, I look at perennial uh, upsets. You know, you look at UMBC over Virginia. You look at Lehigh over Duke. Um, and when it comes down to these matchups, it's all about size. And Texas, you know, is, is a shallow bench. They don't really have the greatest size. And you look at Albaline Christian, and they're a sneaky, sneaky, sneaky good team uh, on the low side of things. Uh, you know, they had, they had themselves a pretty good season going 23-4. and four. And, um, you know, they're, uh, they're really in a bad league. You know, they're in the Southland. And because of the competition they played, they really didn't show uh, who they were. But, you know, Coach Joe Golding over there, their team has won 12 of their last 13 games. So they're hot, dude. They're hot. And when they yep. played Texas Tech earlier in the season, which is also a good team in this tournament, they're a sixth seed, correct? I believe they're a sixth seed. Um, yes. They, Mac McClung, baby. Yeah, they lost by they only lost by seven. Um, and they have, you know, they have that seven footer Colton Cole, and I think he's gonna be an impactful player against Texas. And I would say watch out for him because he's gonna be dominating Texas on the boards. Um, but they better be ready to play. And I think the Longhorn are gonna get upset. That that's just my personal opinion. Because I like Abilene Christian. I do, I really like their team. Wow. So that's pretty interesting. The highest uh well, I'd say the lowest seed that I have winning in the first round is definitely Georgetown. So I'm a Big East basketball fan, St. John's fan, and Georgetown just is on fire right now. Obviously, just won the Big East tournament, beat Villanova, beat Seton Hall, and kicked the shit out of Creighton in the Big East tournament. Ewing, um, baby. That's Ewing. Ewing. Pat, Patrick Ewing. So I can always root for my homeboy that I never actually got to watch because I wasn't alive yet, but I know the history with the Knicks. But Georgetown is by far one of the hottest teams going in this tournament. And they play five-seed Colorado, who had a pretty interesting schedule throughout the year. But in all honesty, there's a big chance for an upset there. Obviously, it's all about who's hot going into the tournament. And we've seen a lot of low seeds winning their conference tournament. And it was not a good year for the bubble teams because we had Georgetown winning the Big East tournament. We had Oregon State winning the Pac-12 tournament. We had Georgia Tech winning the ACC tournament. Who would have thought that? On the note, on the note of Georgetown I, and bubble teams, though, you look at uh, UCLA, and they beat Colorado earlier this year, which actually helped build their resume. But you see that Colorado has the ability to lose to these bubble teams, which makes Georgetown even more of a competitor. Continue, though. I just think, I think that Georgetown is a very hot team. And Colorado just came off of a, I wouldn't say a bad loss, but they came off of a loss to Oregon State in the Pac-12 tournament. And really, when it comes to March Madness, it's all about who has the momentum. It's not necessarily who has the better team. So I think that Georgetown is going to come in on fire behind Patrick Ewing. They're all fired up, ready to go. And that's definitely a 12-5 upset that I could see happening. Now, for Georgetown to win this game, they're going to have to shoot the three well, and they're going to have to guard the three. But Georgetown is usually a good perimeter defensive team. I watched them play a couple times this year against St. John's, and it's sometimes frustrating. But 
I really love what they got going on over there, and I think Patrick Ewing's got a good team going in this tournament. Same conference. So I'd have to agree with you. I'd have to agree with you. I think Georgetown can make a primary run, but you look at the same conference, I think on the flip side, the Creighton uh, Blue Jays are going to have some trouble here in the first round. They have a good team they're squaring up against in UC Santa Barbara, dude. The Gauchos are 18-1 and since the beginning of 2021, with most of those games finishing in double-digit victories. And uh, we're looking at, you know, uh, Ja'Cory McLaughlin averaging 20, 20 points per game. Uh, he's going to show out. I think that this 2021 UC Santa Barbara roster is going to make a run here in the tournament, though. I have a feeling they're going to beat Creighton. Wow. And then they're also going to beat either Virginia or Ohio, which I think Virginia will take that game. But you never know. So uh, do you think we see another Loyola Chicago run? No. They're going to run into Illinois in the second round if they win against Georgia Tech. But Georgia Tech's a tough matchup because Georgia Tech's on no, the No, I'll, I'll tell you why. It's a bad draw. Loyola Chicago is giving me the FGCU effect uh, of 2013 it was, 2012. I don't remember the correct year. But when they were Dunk City, you know, they went on that crazy run. Loyola Chicago also went on that mm-hmm. crazy run. But then the next time they were in the tournament, they didn't really do much. I think Georgia Tech's winning that ball game. Uh, sorry, Loyola. You had your chance, and you blew it. They didn't, I wouldn't say they'd blow it. They didn't, I didn't say they'd blow it. I mean, that run it, was dude. impeccable. They, that, I'm not, was that, that was a hell of a run. run. I just that wish was... they would have won it all, man. I wish they would have won it all. But I, I honestly just – I don't know. They've <laughs> – I, I don't know. They've won 17 of their last 18 games, Loyola Chicago has, and a loss by one point. And I just think that, again, it's about who's hot, and that's a really good 8-9 matchup. The 8-9 matchups are my favorite to watch personally because it's obviously two teams that are pretty evenly matched, and it's two teams that have caught fire at the end of the year going up against each other. And it's sad because the winner's got to play Illinois in the second round, most likely, unless Drexel pulls off another umbc but i don't see that happening and Illinois is way too yeah, short th- that's i i love that second round matchup i don't want to jump ahead into the round of 32 because there's just so many games to get into but the winner of that georgia tech loyola game whoever faces illinois that's going to be a good matchup in the second round i'm i'm definitely looking forward to that because Illinois is obviously a top five team in the country. That's indisputable. In my, so that'll be a good matchup. In my main bracket that I submitted to uh, my buddy Joe Hawsworth's pool, your buddy too, uh, He, uh, I actually have Georgia Tech making a Sweet 16 run and beating Illinois. I have Illinois as a second-round exit. Wow. So that's that's something that's interesting wow. to look at. Uh, I like them. They're a strong team. Jo- wow. So, so, so this is interesting. I want to say this while you're on Joe's bracket. Uh, in my bracket for Joe, I have Illinois winning it all. Wow! So that's uh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. So one of us is uh, one that's of us is going to be hurt, and one of us is not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll see. You're right. Um, We're going to see. No, the eight nine matchup to look at is UNC versus Wisconsin. Come on, you can't. You okay? I have some. I have something to say about this game. Okay. I hope that. Chapel Hill wins this game for the sole fact of playing Baylor in the second round because Chapel Hill is either going to lose in the first round or they're going to make it to the Sweet 16 because Chapel Hill is a, a good matchup against Baylor. Baylor struggles to rebound, and Carolina gets hella boards. They're all over the offensive glass. They got a couple of beasts in the fucking paint, 
And I think they're going to take it to Baylor in that second round matchup if they beat Wisconsin. Now, Wisconsin is a tougher matchup for them. But I do think Carolina, if Carolina wins that game, they can they have a great shot at beating Baylor and upsetting them in the round of 32. I'll tell you why I love this so matchup. I think there is... But I'll tell you why I love this matchup. Q1 opponents in their regular season. That's what's important to look at and analyze during this 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 matchup. Wisconsin got real competition with the Big Ten. UNC got real competition with the ACC. So we're looking at two teams who were in the middle of the board of their conferences. You know, Wisconsin failing to win consecutive games all year, uh, you know, since the second week of January. And 10 of their 12 losses this year are to NCAA tournament teams. You've seen that they've had to go up against the competition, and so is Chapel Hill. So I look at that and I say, wow, this is going to be a damn good matchup. you got two Power 5 conferences coming into it, squaring off, going for uh, you know, an 8-9 matchup to see who's going to get a shot at Baylor, you know, pending not a 16-1 to upset. I do think that Chapel Hill would be Baylor if they end up beating Wisconsin. I really do. But on top of that, that is a great matchup because these two organizations are – usually attending the tournament they're usually always making it in march and they know how to play when they get there they have two great head coaches their players are adapted to the system they know what it's like to play in a playoff atmosphere so that that is going to be a great matchup and i love the eight nine games that are between two top tier uh conference teams so it's gonna be great to see what happens there but i'm really looking again i'm looking forward to the second round which i shouldn't be but i just i can't dismiss that matchup that possibility of matchups for Baylor Baylor is definitely in a tough bracket there that side of the bracket is not the south is not an easy walk to the to the final four at all so so let's talk about but, that let's 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 look back and let's talk about that that idea what what conference which one what region no, 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 no. which back this up even more general which region which region is bringing the most firepower in your opinion which region this is tough. I have them ranked. See, I, I have them I ranked. Re- I had them ranked probably thirty minutes after selection Sunday. It was so easy for me to tell. So, if you want my honest opinion, I think the most firepower in regards to teams that are number one good and are on fire is the Midwest. Wow, I'm the complete opposite of you. I think the Midwest is the weakest, weakest bracket. Why? Look at these teams in the Midwest. Loyola Chicago's hot. Georgia Tech just won the ACC tournament. Obviously, Illinois is a top five team in the country. Oregon State just won the Pac-12 tournament. Oklahoma State, Kane Cunningham has that go-to guy. Your own team in Syracuse, who always does damage as a number 11 seed. Clemson's a great basketball team, and I know they fell off near the end of the season. And then, obviously, Houston as a number two seed is, is always strong. That's a lot of good teams, and I wouldn't say you're like, oh my god, the Midwest is filled with all these teams that are have perennial superstars in the NCAA, and you know it's the Kentuckys, the Dukes, the Chap. It's not that. I think it's tough because it's filled with teams who are on a run right now, and I'm a firm believer in the fact that that is what matters in the NCAA tournament. So, and that's so why what about the what about the East? Like what about the, what about the East? You see Greensboro on their run, Georgetown on their run, St. Bonaventure on their run. What about these teams that are high? Okay, I don't want to, I don't want to dismiss teams like UNC Greensboro and St. Bonaventure, but they do in fact play in smaller conferences like Loyola Chicago. 
But the teams like Georgia Tech and Oregon State, they're playing in Power 5 conferences and winning these tournaments. So they're beating these other top tournament teams when it comes to playoff time. And I know I watched Syracuse play in that AC, uh, the ACC tournament game, and that game against Virginia was a shame. I was texting you about it because I know you were sweating it out. I was watching it while I was in my, sale, uh, my sales class. And I think Syracuse with Bayheim has a chance to make the run. Again, because he knows what happens in the tournament. He's been there plenty of times before. So I I just think the Midwest is one of the most interesting brackets because it doesn't have top-tier teams. It just has a bunch of teams that are on fucking fire. And I love it. That's my favorite. That's the most interesting bracket to me by far. I think if we talk about Syracuse, we look at um, how this is so deja vu to 2016 and 2018. Um you know, Bayheim. When they, they do damage as an 11 Listen to me. They do Listen damage to me. as an Listen 11 to me. They lost to Baylor in 2000. They lost to Baylor in 2019 in the tournament in the first round. Uh, that was upsetting because that was a that was a piss poor matchup to get as an 8-9 seed. I was mad about that with the selection committee. But you look at 2018, their run to the Sweet 16. You look at 2016, their run to the Final Four. You have to look at the way Bayheim coaches in March. And I personally believe Jim Beheim is the greatest coach in March. I think that's undisputed. No, come on. I think that's undisputed. Don't fucking talk I, to me. I think that's you're gonna, undisputed. You're, no. Okay, how about Tom Izzo? Tom Izzo, come on. No. Come on, think about this. Think with common sense, please. Dude, look at what Michigan State has done in the month of March this what year. What happened in 2016 the when the Orange matched up with the Spartans, when those two coaches squared off? For a chance to advance to the Sweet 16, Syracuse being a 10 seed in the 2018 tournament. Syracuse, as an 11 seed, defeated Michigan State as a 3 seed. They didn't beat them not once, but twice in the tournament. Twice. So you can't say Tom Izzo is better than Jim Beheim In two matchups over the past five years, he is 2-0. and I guess I, I guess I need to brush up a little bit on my tournament. I guess I need to brush up on my tournament history. I honestly think those are the top two. Yes, if yes. I, had yeah, to no, argue, no, no. I will say back this up and two. say Tom Izzo is a clear number two. I will say that, but I think James Beheim is better all time. Look at what he can do. It's just in March. weird that we're. It's it's just it's just weird that we're here, and we're not talking about Calipari or Coach K. That kind of bothers me. But I love something it. about Kentucky and Duke missing the tournament this year makes this tournament ten times better. Listen, I, I, yeah, look, I love the fact that top tier teams don't make the tournament and that, or when they get upset, I love seeing upsets in the tournament. I want to see teams like Loyola, Chicago and FGCU make the elite eight, sweet 16, final four. It's fantastic to see. And VCU obviously has done it a couple of times too. But just for your reference in this bracket, I do have Syracuse making it to the Sweet 16, or I have Syracuse making it to the Elite Eight. Wow. And 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 losing to Oklahoma State. See, that, that, that. Just that, so you know. Yeah. Wow. You have higher praise than I do, and I'm, I an, orange, have, I'm I, an orange fan. I have, yes, I have them beating San Diego State in the first round, beating West Virginia in the second round, and then losing to Oklahoma State. And so, or I, I ha- I'm sorry, I missed the game. I have them beating West Virginia and then beating uh, Houston and then losing to Oklahoma State. So I do have them making the Elite Eight. Now, I the only reason I picked Oklahoma State is because Oklahoma State has that guy, 
that can just go and get you the bucket in crunch time. And that is Cade Cunningham. And at the beginning of the year, they were struggling a little bit, but they found their role at the end of the year. And I know they lost the Big 12 title game, but I'm excited to see him play in March. And I think he's going to be the number one pick. I hope the Pistons get him. Actually, I hope the Knicks win the lottery, but I don't think they would pick him because they always fuck The Knicks aren't the making picks. the lottery. I think they're, dude, dude, we're not going to the <laughs> Have right hope. Now. Have hope. Okay. So, who is your who is the number one seed that's going to shit the bed first? Illinois. I already said this. No, I think you're crazy. I already said this. I got Georgia I Tech. Don't... I got Georgia Tech beating them round two. Georgia Tech will wow. beat Illinois so in, round I think, two, in the round of in the round of thirty. I think it's going to be Baylor. Wow. I think it's going to be Baylor. You want to know why I think it's going to be Baylor? Because Baylor had three weeks off pretty recently due to COVID. They shit the bed in the Big 12 tourney. And then they're going to have – if Chapel Hill wins this game in the first round, they're going to beat Baylor just because Baylor sucks on the boards. Baylor cannot – that is the biggest department they struggle in. And if you give teams extra possessions in the NCAA tournament, it comes back to bite you in the ass. And I think that's what's going to happen. So that's my team that's going to shit the bed first. And what's scary about all this – is that nobody is talking about Gonzaga, and Gonzaga's undefeated, the one seed. And I honestly think that they have the most simple path to the Elite Eight out of all the one seeds. Why? You think the weak matchup? You think it's a weak matchup between Oklahoma and Mizzou? You think neither of those teams are strong enough to I beat don't think Gonzaga? It's a weak ma- I don't think it's a weak matchup. I just think Gonzaga can spread the floor, and they just they can run, man. Obviously... Obviously, Jalen Suggs at, at, at point guard is impeccable, and they can just get up and down the floor. And I just don't think that that 8-9 matchup is going to provide much of uh, a problem for them. Now, Gonzaga was down. Um, they were down 14 to BYU, but I think that playing one of those two teams is not really going to be an issue. Now, when it comes to teams like Virginia or Creighton, whoever, you know, barring no upsets, I know a lot of people have Ohio beating Virginia in the first round, but let's say they play Virginia or Creighton. First of all, I watch Virginia play you, uh, against you, Syracuse, you, and I've watched them all year. Yeah, <laughs> I don't th- – I'm just saying. Creighton just got their shit kicked in by Georgetown. And if Creighton doesn't shoot the ball well, they're not going to play well. So I think some pressure could get to them if they end up winning their matchup against UC Santa Barbara and then beating Virginia or Ohio in the second round. But I just think Gonzaga is not really going to run into an issue until the Elite Eight when they would most likely play in Iowa or a Kansas. Yeah, so let's talk about Iowa. I I love Iowa in this tournament. I think that uh, besides Cade Cunningham – they definitely have the most power uh, player, the most, the biggest superstar um, in Luca Garza. Because Garza, yeah. obviously last year, we wanted to see him in the tournament, but it got canceled, and I was very upset. Uh, and he stays at Iowa, and now he's having an unbelievable season. Um, I think he's going to carry them all the way at least to the Elite Eight, uh, where I do think they'll face Gonzaga. Um, but... That, to me, is going to be the game to watch if it does end up happening, is Iowa-Gonzaga. And I think that's the toughest competition yep. Gonzaga will face. Yep. And I th- I thought that, too. 
and I have that matchup in the Elite Eight. So I that is the only reason why I think that the West could be one of the toughest brackets is just because those are two powerhouse teams. But if anything were to happen to Luke Garza, I don't think that Iowa team would be able to push forward. So they're really relying on one player, and if a team could find a way to shut him down, they're going to struggle. Yeah, but they, I think but was gonna, they was going to do that team. last year with Obi Toppin, you know. Yeah, well, we didn't get you know we didn't get to see. I know, it. and it's unfortunate. But I just think I just I hope that matchup happens. I am dying to see that matchup in the Elite Eight. I think that would be a fun one to watch. A couple of top tier draft picks that are coming out of those two teams. And yeah, I'm I'm hoping that's the matchup we see in the Elite Eight out of the West. That's definitely the game I'm hoping for the most. So I think actually in, in this bracket that I have right here for our fantasy football league, I do have Iowa winning the title. And I have Iowa beating Oklahoma State in the national title game. That's 62 interesting. to 55. That's an interesting bet. That's so an that, interesting that's pick. yeah. So I like I said, I just think it's gonna come down to two teams that are really good and have been playing well as of late. And I know none of these two teams won their uh, conference championship, but I still think that they both have go-to players. And if Garza and Cunningham play up to their standards and they get hot, they could take their teams as far as the national title game, as I've displayed here with this bracket. Now, one other team I want to get to is Michigan, because Michigan is obviously a powerhouse in the nation, but Isaiah Livers is most likely out for the tournament. I haven't heard anything about that yet. I haven't heard how no long reports. he's going to be out. They just said indefinitely. They just said indefinitely, which is dangerous because obviously he's one of the leaders on the Michigan team as a senior. He's been here before. They need him as a scorer. They need him as a rebounder. They need him as a defender. And I just think that him being out hurts the value of Michigan's one seed. Now, I'm not saying they're not going to make a run. I'm just saying having livers in the lineup for the tournament makes them a more bona fide one seed. So, I don't know. I think players like uh, Hunter Dickinson and uh, Franz Wagner can carry them. But it's going to be interesting to see what they do. And they're going to have a tough second-round matchup between LSU or St. Bonaventure. Like you mentioned, those are two solid Mm -hmm. teams. And LSU just made a run in the SEC. T- That's uh, why I think, SEC I think the East is I think too. the East is the strongest bracket, uh, for f- reasons you just stated. Michigan, uh, LSU, St. Bonaventure, BYU. You have that matchup between Michigan State and UCLA tonight, and one matchup that I have been dying to talk about since this podcast started, and what I believe is the must-see matchup of the first round. And I think that if you guys don't tune into it, you're going to be missing out. Is uh, Connecticut versus Maryland. Uh, I think Maryland was heavily underseeded. Uh, I think them getting a ten seed was a joke by the committee. They should have at least, at least, been a nine at the at the bottom dollar uh, because I have them somewhere ranked almost in the top twenty five for teams in the nation. Um, and you know, obviously, when they when they faced Juan Howard and uh, Michigan in the Big Ten uh, quarterfinals, they struggled uh, a little bit. Um, you know, going 14 for 46 shooting, uh, that's kind of rough. And, uh, you know, you, you wonder how that's going to turn to Connecticut, who was slowed down by Creighton in the uh, Big East semifinals. You know, they got beat. Uh, but mm-hmm. I think both of these teams had great seasons, just lacked in their conference tournaments. 
But I think these are two very good teams. I think they are two teams that can make a great run. You know, Connecticut's got uh, James Boynight, uh you know, he, he was injured for most of the year, but now he's been averaging uh, 18 points and six rebounds over the last eight games. Um, so you wonder how this team, you know, Connecticut, who has been known to make runs in the tournament before, how are they going to square up against this Big Ten opponent who's seen a lot of good teams this year? And I think it's a must to so see. So Maryland, Maryland is, I would not bet on Maryland for the sole fact that they are a very streaky team. And they take so many three-pointers. And I just feel like throughout the tournament, you can't consistently shoot that well. They're going to have to find different ways to score. They've taken 43% of their shots from behind the three-point line. That's a lot. And if you rely that much on the three-ball, you better be hitting those shots. I just feel like if they can find ways to get to the rim and obviously defend, they have a better chance to win these games. If they shoot lights out, it's over. They're better than a 10 seed. But I think the reason they're a 10 seed is because shooting a high percentage from behind the arc for a period of six games is highly unlikely. So that's the only reason I would be sketchy to bet on Maryland. But like you said, this is going to be a very interesting 10-7 matchup. And I think that I think it's a misseeded game, but I think it's a great matchup, which I love about it. Uh, you know, And we'll have to see how that pans out because the winner of that – is probably going to be playing Alabama pending an upset for Iona. Um, and Bama. Whew. Alabama. Whew. Alabama is a very interesting team. The, the, I don't know how to describe them. Because there's not usually a lot of great teams in the SEC. But Alabama kind of just came out of nowhere as of recently. Since Colin Sexton left, they had a couple... Uh, shaky years, but then this year they came out of the gates running, and they did not let off the gas. Yeah, but Coach Oates, Coach Oates has coached that team though. He has done a great job at getting them squared up. Um, you know, because he's got a, he's got all those seniors to deal with, and getting them to work together with the you know the younger freshman guards they have on that team is definitely what's impeccable for them to make a Final Four run. Is getting that synergetic relationship to work as it has been all season. You know, because last year it struggled. You know, so, they went sixteen and fifteen. So you, you, you see how he's turned it around and he's gotten these core players to work with these younger guys and create a team that is able to be a two-seed here in the tournament and is a strong team too. So Alabama, I think Alabama could possibly make a Final Four run if they win the games they're supposed to because Michigan is a pretty vulnerable team right now. I still think Baylor is the the one seed that's going to lose first. But I think that Alabama could definitely take advantage of Michigan if we were to see that matchup in the Elite Eight. But I don't know. Alabama's just a very interesting team. I watched it play. They got their asses. They they South Carolina got their asses kicked by Alabama. <laughs> and they're a fun team to watch. Their South Carolina basketball team sucked this year. We won like six fucking games, dude. It's awful. Go, just go, go, go try out, dude. Go walk on. What are you doing? Lace up. No, no shot. Lace up. Maybe they'll be in the no. tourney next year. No. Take a senior take a super no. senior year, dude. <laughs> take a fifth year. Yep. Walk on. Uh, no shot at that. I'll continue to play my Surf City rec basketball and <laughs> try to get a title there first. <laughs> uh, if I can't get a title there, I'm not fucking walking on to the team. Unreal. Um, another vulnerable team in the tournament, I think, is Villanova. I think Villanova's very overrated. Especially since Colin Gillespie's out. 
Uh, they have an interesting matchup with uh, Winthrop in the first round, and I actually picked them to lose that game. <laughs> I think is now, that because you hate Villanova, or is that because you like Winthrop? What's the reason? <laughs> Jay Jay Wright's a great coach. Don't get me wrong, and they know what to do in the tournament. But they're not a very good team. They turn the ball over a lot, as of recently. And at the beginning of the season, I watched them play against St. John's, and when St. John's beat him, it was. I think Villanova turned the ball over like four or five possessions in a row. And if they they just have a tendency to play well for a couple games and be a top tier team in the nation, and then they'll just lay an egg, like every fifth or sixth game. And they started off the season slow, then they got hot, and then obviously lost to Georgetown in the Big East tournament. So I think they're an overrated team as a five seed, and I think they're going to be making an early exit, whether the, whether it's in the first or second round. Well, I think the boiler makers really are going to boil their asses in the second round. That's my opinion. I think that <laughs> I think Purdue doesn't. St- <laughs> I think Purdue is just going to absolutely shit on Jay Wright's team. Um, Dude, the Big Ten, the Big Ten is nasty, incredible this year. Nasty. They're the best conference. Shout to ba- out to Big Ten. They're the best conference of basketball right now. I know I'm going to get shit for that because I always argue for the ACC. I always am like, let's go, Atlantic Coast Conference, best conference. That's not even a question, though. But they this year, it's seeds. undebatable. Two, I would look like an idiot if I tried yeah. to say the ACC was Two one-seeds, two one-seeds, two two-seeds. Are you fucking kidding yeah. me? Like, dude, come on. Dude, it, that's not that, – I mean – Well, you know, normally it's the Purdue ACC. Normally you have, you have Duke and UNC both being one-seeds. You know, that's two ACC teams right there. And they're both shit in the bed this year. So you just see how much different you have, the tournament is this year. Then you, then you obviously you have teams like Rutgers as a ten seed, Michigan State in the play playing game as an eleven seed. I mean, there's just a lot of Big Ten teams in this tournament. Tournament update right and now, live that, as we speak. This tournament's going on. Uh, Texas Southern just took the lead, forty six to forty three over Mount Saint Mary's. Uh, seven minutes left yeah. in that game. <laughs> so I think I think when it comes to five seeds and up, I think Virginia and Villanova are the two most vulnerable teams two most teams to likely lose in the first or second round in my opinion i know once you get to the second round they play a five seed but i think those two teams definitely have a shot at losing in the first round i'd have to agree with you um so that's my okay picks for final four i think we definitely uh want to discuss this who's winning each region um because i know that we're going to look at this bracket in a couple weeks and be like Fuck, we were stupid on the ninth podcast, but fucking fucking fifty percent correct. Not even unbelievable. Dude. What do you mean? We may not even all the sixteen, all this, all the sixteen seeds win the what? Beat the one seeds. <laughs> oh yeah, we could definitely look Unreal. back on this and, and shit on us. But I think that uh, let's go let's region. Go App State. Let's go region by region. Who we think is going to come out on top and be a Final Four team? Uh, we'll start. Okay, we'll start with so- the West. I made a couple of different. I made a couple of different brackets, but I want to stick to this one first. But in the West, in this specific bracket, I have Iowa coming out. I have Iowa coming out as well. I have them uh, defeating Gonzaga. Yep, I do as well. And then I have them playing Michigan. So I know I was just shit talking Michigan, but I think Isaiah Livers is that X factor, and if he can make a return sometime in the tournament, they're definitely the team to beat. I have them playing Florida State Seminoles. In the East, I have this. Wow. I have the Seminoles coming out. No way. Yeah, because when you look no at it, way. I think that Colorado's going to hang on against Georgetown. I know they're hot, but they're also finished the regular season nine and twelve. So I think that. Dude, sorry, Ewing. I have Georgetown. 
I have Georgetown beating Colorado and Florida State and playing Michigan. Well, you have a lot of trust 16. in a 9-12 and 12 regular season team. I know they won in the tournament, but that doesn't always mean everything. I do. Uh, if you can look at Virginia. You can look at Virginia. They won the ACC tournament and then lost to a 16 seed the very next game. Uh, but Florida, right. Florida State, I think, can make a huge run in this tournament. And I think they're going to come out. I think they're going to beat either Georgetown or Colorado. I think they're definitely going to. I think they're going to beat Michigan. Um, I just, I just, I don't think with the East as strong as it is, it always seems like in these strange situations that a team who doesn't seem like is going to come out is going to come out of it. So Florida State, my pick. So I kind of regret this. I kind of regret this now because I have Michigan playing Alabama in the Elite Eight in this bracket specifically, and I wish I had picked Alabama. But I chose Michigan because I think Juan Howard's a great coach. The players are playing for him. If they get Isaiah Livers back, they're coming in full full force, and they've proven to be a top-tier team in the nation. So I don't know. I could be right, but I have Iowa versus Michigan coming out of the West and the East. And who do you have coming out of the South? I've got the Purdue Boilermakers. I think that a Big Ten team wow. is going to make a run in a very small, you know, you know, they got Ohio State and they've got Wisconsin that are two teams they've played before in the season. Everybody else is all chalk. Everybody else they've never seen before. But I think that they have a strong chance to make a run. I think that once they face uh, Villanova, who you already shit on, or Winthrop, uh, they're going to walk through that game easy. And if your prediction does stand correct and North Carolina does beat Baylor, uh, I think Purdue definitely heavily outmatches uh, UNC. I think it'd be a tough matchup against Baylor, but I still think they're going to come out on top. And uh, eventually, so, uh, you know, they have the ability to beat Ohio State as they have. Um, and I think that they can do it again. Interestingly enough, I did take Baylor on this side of the bracket for the sole fact that I don't think Carolina's going to win their first round matchup against Wisconsin. And if Wisconsin wins that game, I do believe Baylor will be moving on. And Baylor is obviously proven to be one of the better teams in the country, and I think they just need to get back on track, and once they do, they'll be fine. So I do believe they're going to make a run to the Final Four as long as Wisconsin wins that game. I don't like them playing North Carolina in the second round, and I don't think they want to see them either, but I guess we'll see what happens. Well, what happened to you having Baylor as the first? What what has you? You got Baylor winning the South, but then you also have them being the first one seed out? What are you talking about? No, listen, I said they are most likely to be the one, first one seed out because if Carolina wins that game, I think Carolina is going to beat them in the second round. That's why I said they have to. But then you, got, have, but then the you have a one seed in Michigan. Seed all right, all right. All right, I understand what you're saying. I understand. But I have I understand what you're saying. I have them coming out because I think, I think Wisconsin is going to win that game. And if Wisconsin wins that game, I think Baylor's the best team. And has the highest chance to get to the final. I don't know. Four. I think Purdue with. So I'm not. Con- I'm not contradicting myself. This is what I have in my bracket. I understand. I'm, I'm just bracket, telling you so that I think. I think that when you have a seven foot four dude on your team in uh, Zach Eady, the freshman out of Purdue, that you're going to have a good chance to win it. Um, and we're going to see. I think. I, yeah, I definitely think we're going to see. I do have them matched up with Purdue, and I have them beating them, and I actually have them playing Texas Tech uh, in the Elite Eight. Ooh, in this practice specifically. Matchup. So I have a Texas Tech-Baylor matchup. Texas Tech is an interesting team with Mac McClung. I'm ready to see what they do. All right, and finally, um, the Midwest. So, and then out of the Midwest, out of the Midwest, I have been saying this since the beginning of March, and when they got hot, I chose Oklahoma State. I think Oklahoma State has that go-to guy, Kate Cunningham. They made a run to the Big 12 championship. They're pretty hot right now. 
And I really think that Oregon State is going to beat Tennessee in the first round. And then I think Oklahoma State would obviously win their first round game and go on to play Oregon State. So I think that would be an easier matchup for them. And then I have them upsetting Illinois uh, to face Syracuse in the Elite Eight. So I got some upsets on this side of the bracket. That's so interesting. But I do That's have... so interesting to me because I got, I, got, I got Houston winning the Midwest. Um, See, I just – I don't know. Why? Because they're I didn't small. Watch Houston play Here's the thing: nobody year. in the starting lineup no, for Houston is taller than six seven. Small. Though, think about it: the, nobody in their starting lineup is taller than six seven. But so they're fast as shit. But yeah, they're a quick team and they score a lot. Um, so you know, you look at you look at what uh, you know Kelvin Sampson's teams have done in the eighteen and nineteen tournaments, and you see that the Cougars are able to make some runs. Houston has made some deep runs in the tournaments. And I think that, uh, you know, the way they go out and play the hard ball, the way they go out there and play off the break, um, you know, Quentin Grimes, I think he's going to be incredible. And I think that Houston can really make an impactful run because I don't see a lot of tough competition uh, in their side of the bracket. Um, you know, I think that if it does end up coming down, which I think I think Oklahoma State's going to be the, the team they end up playing, uh, to win that because I think Oklahoma State is definitely a hot, another hot team that you got to watch out for. Yeah. No, that is another good point. All right, so what is your national championship matchup here? We got to start start wrapping this up. What you got as your championship matchup? I got the Iowa Hawkeyes against Who do I think fucking I'm gonna I'm gonna edit this out because I'm I'm trying to think who I want to win this game. Um, fuck. Do I want Houston or Purdue? I'm gonna go with Houston. Okay. All right, I'm gonna come back in now. I've got the Iowa Hawkeyes taking on the Houston Cougars. I think that uh, Purdue. Well, although they're going to make a huge run in the South, I think that uh, they can end up at the end of the day winning their game. And I think that Iowa, uh, Luke Garza, I think they're just going to make an impeccable run. And at the end of the day, I think the Hawkeyes are going to be the champs. That's just my bold out wow. prediction. Uh, obviously, it's it's going to be really hard to, to say whether that's right or not. You know, everybody throws up predictions every year. I can't say for certain Iowa's going to win or I'm not going to sit there and, you know, be on freezing cold takes for saying I was going to win because, you know, it's, it's again, the March Madness tournament, you know, so many teams, so many elements to it. So, you know, I got Iowa winning. I think they have a great shot, uh, but wow. you know, that, that's my pick. So for once in the history of all history, I agree with you. I actually picked Iowa to win. Holy this shit. And I had the, I had the, this is what I alluded to earlier. I had them beating Oklahoma state 62 to 55. So this was my fun bracket with all the upsets. And I know I said Baylor and Michigan are the two most vulnerable one seeds, but that doesn't mean they can't make it to the Final Four. They're obviously still two of the top four teams in the nation. If they play like they do, they're going to make it. I don't think they're as bonafide as Illinois and Gonzaga, but I definitely still think they have a chance to get there. I just think Baylor has got to get past Wisconsin. And Michigan, if they get Isaiah Livers back, then I think they got a pretty good shot as well. Again, we're still waiting to hear back on that, but I think that leaves them vulnerable. But I think they're going to make it to the Final Four, people. I got some whack takes, but fuck it, whatever. We're going to see how fucking wrong we are in about a week and a half. 
Uh, I'm going to be like, God, episode nine nine should have never even came out, bro. (laughs) This is why I just don't, I can't, I won't bet. I'm not betting March Madness, people. I'm not. Call me the degenerate that all you think I am. I'm not betting March Madness. I don't know, dude. The stimulus just, the stimmy check, the stimmy just hit. The stimmy just hit. It would be taking my stimulus check and dunking it in a toilet of shit. That's what it would be. <laughs> I so guess no, that's just the I'm difference between it. me and you. you. You really need to take some of that stimulus and check and uh, invest in some crypto, buddy. Get some falcon. Get some coin no. going. Get some coin going. Uh. I'm paying my rent. <laughs> Chill the fuck. Uh, pay my rent. On relax. Relax. Yeah, as relax. you sit in mom and dad's house. <laughs> Listen, sometimes you just make decisions, and I just made a decision. <laughs> Don't fucking bag on me. Don't uh, fucking bag on me. I'm just bagging on you because it's funny how you're not even in your apartment right now saying you got to pay rent. You're bumming. You're bumming up in the I'll bedroom be there tomorrow. right now. Yeah, you're right. You will be. You will be. I'll be there tomorrow. Ah. So. Well. All right. Well, that'll wrap it up, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you laugh at our picks as we are wrong as fuck going into the weekend, but you never know. And it's your last podcast we'll as, tw- as being 21. How does that make you feel? I know. Next time I come back, I'll be 22. You'll be I'll be double dose. Hit me up. Hit me up. T Swift. Yeah. Birthday's on a Monday. Fuck. <laughs> That's the most unfortunate thing. You got a wedding on Saturday, and then your birthday's on Monday. So, a little bit Dude, of a crazy. How about this? My twenty first was on a fucking Sunday, the week that COVID started. How dog shit is that? And then it's like, oh. Hi, your birthday's on a Monday, obviously, because that's how the calendar works. But it's a big fuck you, Johnny. Whatever. It's a huge fuck you. But, again, the Tag Team Podcast does not have a sponsor. So, if you guys would like to sponsor this podcast and fill this lovely space where we can advertise your brand, hit us up on Twitter, at TonyTags, at JTags19, on Instagram, at AnthonyTartaglione, at JTags99. Uh, We would love to support your brand. Yeah. (laughs) we're always looking for sponsors but uh that was a great episode today i'm glad we got to dive into our favorite part time of the year march madness i hope that we're kind of right i hope that you know we don't sound like a bunch of fucking idiots (laughs) you know because we really could (laughs) oh we are no worries so it is what it is it's all in the fun i was just gonna say i hope everyone enjoys watching march madness this weekend we finally have it back we are all blessed by jesus to have March Madness back. So thank you very much. And I am ready to watch the basketball. Well, stay tuned. New episode coming out next week. Episode 10. It's our 10th episode. I'm excited for that. Happy birthday, Johnny Tags. Thank you. Bye-bye.